he was a, a you know, he looked okay in preseason. How, hold on, hold on, stop. How many times have you, how many Arsenal games, how many minutes have you actually watched him? None. Therefore, Listen, you are not allowed to offer any type of opinion on him. That's the whole point of this podcast, is to have an opinion about things maybe I haven't seen. That, that, <laughs> that kind of is what this podcast is. As long it's as you recognize op- that. Opinion. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer Season Preview Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Wait. That's not even Francesco. our name. Francesco. He didn't give their full name in the beginning. Look, I'm so excited for the season preview that uh, the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, there it that's is. who we are. There it is. I'm David Smith. I, we're not doing that part again. This is it. I have been waiting for months, literally yeah. since last season ended, for this pod that we are recording today. Before I go any further, I have to say two things. Yeah. One. We're recording this on Sunday, the Sunday before the start of the season, the Sunday that is five days prior to the kickoff of eighteen nineteen Premier League season. Four more days of the transfer window being open. Which is my other point. You might listen to this at a time where things we say have changed. But again, we're time stamping this as of Sunday. But I'm going to go ahead and say that anything that changes after today almost doesn't matter for you or for this pod because anyone who changes teams at this point is either a not going to play right away probably Probably. for his new club or b not really going to be settled in enough to where you will want to buy or transfer in that player into your lineup unless they just transfer out of the league Correct. Which is which Correct. is very possible. Yeah, unless someone is all, all the way out, that, then then they're out of sight, out of mind at that point. But we're close enough to where we feel good about what we're doing, and so here is the format. We're not going to have any of the segments today. This is going to be hardcore fantasy football, fantasy Premier League, fantasy soccer analysis for you. Now, don't worry, dear listener, it's going to be fun. We're going to have lots of arguments, lots of battles about players to to transfer into your lineup. It's going to be good. But we're going to focus in on the Fantasy Premier League analysis. All 20 clubs, each one of us, all three of your Fantasy Soccer FC hosts have come up with three players from each of the 20 clubs. We're going to give you our lists, then we're going to do battle about those lists. And that's going to be everything that you need and more for your Game Week 1 Fantasy Premier League lineup. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to tell you what my approach was. Brian, Dave, let me know if Mm -hmm. you disagree on this. I looked at my lists of three. And by the way, we picked three because that's the max number you can own from any one club in Fantasy Premier League. So it just made sense. So we're going to give you 60 players from which you can find 15 for your Game Week 1 lineup. But I picked players that I would want to own for Game Weeks 1 through 4. Specifically Game Weeks 1 and 2, but maybe extending it out to 4. Because I, in the fall, I like to build from one international break to another. I did that some. But I will say this, Scott, and, and I want to be clear about this. One of my players that I selected, at least one or two, are guys that I plan on being there and leaving there the entire season regardless of mm. what comes along. And okay. the reason why is because at the end of the season, I know that this specifically this one player for like the last three or four years is always in the top five in midfielder scoring. So, Can I guess who it is? Yeah, sure. Brian, do you have a guess? I mean, I it, it should be pretty you don't have a You don't have a guess? 
My guess is Christian Eriksen. Yes, it is. Oh, I was gonna just I was just gonna guess Marco Arnautovic. <laughs> well, he's, he's a, a he's a forward now. this know, year. But he's I a... just was gonna guess that because I like saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> but my I so yes I will we'll get to that when we get to Spurs. But my point being is, are the first four weeks going into the first international break important? Absolutely. But Scott, and I know you focus in on that part part a lot. I think it is important to mention that there are a lot of guys. I'm not saying you build your home, your whole team around it, but there's a lot of guys that you put them there and you stick them there and you leave them there and don't move them regardless if they have some down weeks because the numbers will come back to you. Brian, anything you want to say about your players in general before we get started? No, all of my selections are uh, either based on purely gut instinct or are the names that a wandering vagrant brought to me in a dream a hmm. few nights ago? <laughs> All right. No data a bit behind any of my choices. Wow. This should be so interesting. This is, a, this, is a, this is an adventure like we've <laughs> never been on before. I don't know what to make of I, that. I have different reasons for all different players. So I, I'm not consistent with reasons you know, in, in my picks. So let's move it. Let's do it. All right. We're going to go alphabetically, uh, but not with initials, just team names. So that's okay. why Bournemouth will be after Arsenal. That's right. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Arsenal is first. Dave, this is your club. Yeah. Give us your list of three first. All right. Real, and listen, I'm going to try to set a precedent for the rest of the pod because right. I know how we can do. We Sometimes we can get bogged down on things, right? That's true. You so, had said before we started, though, that this was a pretty straightforward selection. Well, for me, for me. Brian and I looked at you like you were crazy sure. because for us, Arsenal is one of the hardest clubs to predict right now. So, number one. The top pick for me that I would have, and I currently have on my FPL team, is is uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang at eleven pounds. Eleven pounds. Uh, he is my top uh, said striker. He played twelve league games last year, had ten goals, four assists. So okay. that's number one. Number two. Mm-hmm. This is surprising even me. Okay. It's Mesut Ozil. <laughs> what? Hold on. Let me talk about it. All right. Eight point five. He had a down year the last couple years. But, Scott, he's had some off-field turmoil in his life. I think he's freed up some things in his life. He shirked some responsibilities in his life with the German national team. And he's got something to prove. I like a guy with a chip on his shoulder. I think Mesut Ozil is going to have a way better year than you think he will. And at an 8.5, I think... Knock on wood. I think that's going to be a, that's going to be something to look at. Now you're crazy. Continue, that's fine. You're right. You're right, and that's fine. Moving on, and I hate this one too. This pains me to say this because I mocked him in the season review last year. It's Hector Bellerin. Last year he finished eighth overall, mm. eighth overall, and Arsenal, in my opinion, was pathetic defensively last year. A couple of those players, he was behind Aspilicueta and Alonso. Now, that was Aspilicueta and Alonso that were playing in Antonio Conte wingback positions for the most part, okay? Chelsea got a lot of clean sheets last year. Chelsea won't get those clean sheets this year, a lot of them that they got last year. Hmm. Their defensive system, their coach, they have a new coach. They're playing sorry ball, whatever that means. But bottom line <laughs> is, it's not very defensive. And and I'm, I'm telling you right now that, that they're – they will not have those points that they had last year. Bellerin, 
He's a 5.5, and then when you look at the other guys that were ranked ahead of him last year, I think Arsenal will be much better defensively, and I think Bellerin, assuming if he continues to play there, assuming Lichtensteiner doesn't steal any minutes from him, actually moves up the list a little bit. I love how he has named his new defender after a country. I did. Dang it. I did it. Did it again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And listen, I know we're only supposed to be naming three, but Scott, what? you poo-pooed this, and, and this is my team, so I wanted to mention a fourth. Wow. I don't know if this guy's going to be playing starting yet, but I think there's a really good chance he will. And he's at a $4.5 billion, billion, billion pounds. Callum Chambers. No, it's, it's Matteo Guendozzi. And Brian, I don't know if I'm saying that right. If he ends up starting, and I don't know if he will, he will be the perfect, in quotes, budget midfielder because of him playing Arsenal's opening schedule, and uh, I think he actually has some chance to score some fantasy points. Dave, what am I doing right now? You're shaking your head, and that's I get it. ridiculous. I'm glad that was your fourth pick and not one of your real picks because sure. that's ridiculous. I don't have any other fourth He's picks. He's coming from the second French League. Uh, he was a, a, you know, he looked okay in preseason. How, hold on, hold on, stop. How many times have you? How many Arsenal games? How many minutes have you actually watched him? None. Therefore, you are not allowed to offer any type of opinion That's on him. That's the whole point of this podcast: is to have an opinion about things maybe I haven't seen. That kind of <laughs> is what this podcast is. As long as you recognize op- that opinion, that is no, perfect. He is the classic preseason darling from a lower tiered league. He's not even gonna. If he does sniff the field, he's gonna do nothing fantasy relevant. All right, I'm glad. That, I'm glad this is on record. Oh, I think gosh. you couldn't be more wrong. Anyways, moving on, Scott. Let's go to yours next. Well, let me just preface my list by saying that I will not have an Arsenal player near my 15 players, my my squad of 15, to start the season because I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea who's going to play. Year three, maybe safe. Aubameyang and Oza will be playing. Probably. And Bellerin will be playing. Those three will be playing. Probably. But I understand your point. Uh, (sighs) It's a new coach. It's new stuff. It's new system. So you're listen. I'm not going to argue that point with you. you. You're right about that. We have one player in common. My third pick is Hector Bellerin. Yeah. Simply on the basis of prior years, consistency. You know. You know. Honestly, he's one of those guys you probably almost could put into your lineup at the start of the season, and maybe ride out the entire eighth, eighth year. Eighth overall is surprising. It's not bad. You would take that 130 points. And they'll be better defensively this year. I know they will be. But because I don't want to go anywhere near them and I don't know what to expect, I went just on the basis of what I thought might be a points-per-pound pick for numbers one and two. Okay. Maybe Henrik Mkhitaryan will be worth something at a a 7-0 price. And honestly, Aubameyang at 11 is too rich for my blood, especially if I'm looking Kane. You're right. He scores too many goals. Well, is he? How how are we? How are these guys going to respond to a new system? Remember, Aubameyang scoring. Aubameyang benefited <laughs> from the fact that he could not play in the Europa League last yes. year. He only had Premier League football to play in. Sure, there it was a surefire thing that he was going to play, and he did, except for one match, I believe, uh, in the in the last couple months of the season. For for this year, it's totally different. Aubameyang is going to be in the Europa League lineup. When, when the group stage starts. Now, I know, granted, that's going to be a few weeks sure. into the season, but he's going to be in that lineup. He's going to be in the cup matches, you would think, maybe. 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 If if Emery values these cup matches because he wants to win something in this first season, Aubameyang is going to be in that. You just never know. So 
11 is a lot to commit to with a new manager there. So I went with Lacazette instead. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. I'm, Nine and a half pounds. Well, I'm surprised, Dave, that you didn't well, argue more more aggressively for uh, for Lacazette. I mean, I, I honestly honestly thought long and hard about Danny Welbeck at six and a half. Not going to lie to you. He won't play. I'm not a big Danny Welbeck fan. But he he might not play. even be on Arsenal when the season starts. He won't starts. play. He can't play. He hasn't even got on the field in the preseason. Well, he, is, he he's hasn't not on my, played one minute of he's preseason. He's not on my list. I'm just saying I was looking at where my value is going to be. Sure. In reality, Arsenal's nowhere near my lineup. But Mkhitaryan, Lacazette, Bellerin are my three. Brian? Yeah, I uh, also I also thought, based on price, $7 for Mkhitaryan is really intriguing. Yes, I agree. I am... I I don't think there's any settle anything settled about him actually starting, and that's why I didn't. So list him. even uh, Arsenal blog, you know, pain in the Arsenal uh, talked about this specifically in the past week about Mkhitaryan or Xhaka being the kind of the last piece of the midfield to, right. to be to be settled, and it could be entirely based on whatever Unai Emery is trying to. Whatever tactic he's trying to go for, for for whoever the opponent is, right? That would make me really nervous, even for seven dollars, knowing that you could do, you know, other people. I'm sure we'll talk about later from other teams. There are plenty of other people in that range where you'd say way more settled in the lineup, and I think easily the same kind of point potential. Yeah. Um, I. I think so. McTarian, I'm saying as a for that exact reason for uh, for just potential based on price yep. in a key position. I personally, I, since I'm saying it, it's me personal, my personal opinion. I don't think I want anything to do with Arsenal's defense breach really at all. I I don't in a way not until I see it. Um. I get, I get Bellerin, and I uh, something that we will, I'm sure you know is going to be part of you know pl- plenty of my selections in defense overall. Anyway, is going to be is going to be wingbacks. Is going to be whoever is whoever is aggressively making runs forward. And right. So Bellerin, Bellerin absolutely is a good choice for that for that reason. I just. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's better because the position, because the midfielders are the essential nature of midfielders for the, what I feel like this season is going to be. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like I would rather spend five and a half on a defender from someone else. Sure. Um, I also have Obama Yang as a, as a, as a selection. I think, just the number of shots that he took, his goal conversion, the the, the way that he played forward uh, when he started last season was so so good. I can't imagine that the, that offensively that they're it just doesn't seem as unsettled as it was with Wenger, and I mean that in as in the the turmoil surrounding Wenger seems like it dragged everything down for Arsenal yeah. all season last season. And that's why I also picked Ozil as a, as my as yeah. a as a pick for eight and a half. Oh, suddenly First, I'm questioning who I'm podcasting listen, with. <laughs> all I'm saying is, 
last season, there were definitely moments where Ozil picked up his performance, and even at $9 was someone where it was like, I wonder, is, right. is there a way to fit this guy in? Starting the season at eight and a half, first of all, 200-point potential. He did it two years ago. Yeah. Was given the armband, was, is, is a guy that, you know, as He's been named has one said, of the five is captains. going to be leadership potential for, for Arsenal and has already been given the position to start, to st- at least in preseason, and has made it very clear that he intends Mesut Ozil to be the, the key piece of the Arsenal midfield. He still finished. His season was crap last year. He finished with 112 points. It's not terrible. It's just it was too much money to spend on someone who was getting you 112 points. Right. Uh, he was eight and a half to start his 200 point season. His 19 assist season was eight and a half to start and finished. There was a point in that season where he made it over ten dollars. Wow. He was still eighth best last season with 13 big chances created. He was. It was the fifth best total. So as crappy as last season was, he still was a top. Debrana was. Debrana had 19 big chances created, and that was the best in the yeah. Premier League. And Ozil had how many? Ozil had 13. He was fifth in key passes last season. Hmm. Fifth in the Premier League in key passes. He had 85 key passes. I, I, I totally get it. I get soggy, wet toilet paper. I get... Look, I get I, look I've been fading, his, one of the number one mockers. Fading in and out of games, but I... Yeah, I... I eight, just think we're it's a different guy this year. Eight and I and just half, do. I think, I think life yeah. is... He's gone through some other things in life. Let's continue to move it on, but I I agree with you, Scott. It's that's fine. Listen, we're here to we're here to disagree. Uh, you can you can sigh and hurts huff my and heart. Puff. I right. love it. We're moving on to Bournemouth. Brian, uh, they've made a couple of interesting signings in the offseason, but largely the same squad as we've gotten to know and love. Yep. Uh, who are your three cherries, sir? My three: Nathan Ake, hmm. uh, Josh King. Okay. And I'm gonna say. In in your in the vein that you started with here, Scott, Charlie Daniels now, Diego Rico later. Diego Rico, who is suspended till September first, right? Which and is, that's exactly why. Yep. So Charlie Daniels has already been. He's already one of was one of the uh, is a top pick for many people already to See, start the season. Two thousand fifteen called. They want their trendy defender back. Right. Charlie uh, Daniels in two thousand eighteen. Well, this is just out of out of Bournemouth options. I understand why, and it's and it has entirely to do with four and a half dollar defender. Nathan Ake is my would be my first choice anyway. I'm not owning either of these guys to start the season. Okay, I do find it fascinating that you have two defenders on your top cherries list. But Nathan Ake only, basically, because he's a rock. He's 102 points last season. Andy Robertson had 111, and I get he didn't start from the very beginning of the season, but Nathan Ake is still he's still the key piece of their defense. He started 37 of the 38 matches and appeared in all 38. For $5, a guy who's going to definitely play all the time, no matter what, I mean, that's really the thinking. Uh, but Josh King, I think I might start the season with Josh King in my lineup. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't begrudge you that one. In fact, Josh King's number one on my list. Yep. Just go ahead and go into yours, Scott. 
Yeah, Josh King's number one on my list. I uh, at six and a half pounds, I might have him as a third forward. Mm-hmm. He's not currently yeah. uh, on my squad, uh, but he easily could make it before the start of the game week. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near the, any more, of more these of midfielders yeah. or defenders. Uh, literally, my list is King, Callum Wilson, and Jermaine Defoe. Because if I'm <laughs> going to go Bournemouth, and I'm I don't. Josh King would be the only one legitimately that I would own. But if I was going to go Bournemouth, it would yeah. be all up front. This is a classic 2-2 club. Nothing's going to change that. Potentially, you know, see me in November if their new club record signing, Jefferson Lerma, ends up being a, a, a quick, you know, hot a hit in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Right well, now, it's all about what's up front because I... I, I can't rely on any defense for Bournemouth, but I can rely on some goals. Yeah, and I think that the percentage ownership as of right now reflects all of that. Ryan Frazier is currently the most owned Bournemouth midfielder at 0.9%. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I, honestly, I just have a little bit of cherry fatigue when it comes to midfield and defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been burned too many times with Charlie Daniels, with Stanislas. Ryan Fraser, with Ibe. Getting hurt. L- literally, if Junior, Junior Stanislaus is healthy, I, know, I own him. But he can yeah. never stay healthy. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. When he's healthy, buy him immediately <laughs> because you got about two or three weeks yeah. max. Yeah. And, and Junior Stanislaus is unlikely to be ready for anything early in the season. Yeah. I'd say almost definitely not August. Yeah. Uh, and until he recovers fully from a knee injury, I don't know why you'd see him anytime remotely soon. I too had Josh King, and then uh, I had Jordan Ibe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Do you think he's, he's going to be, be playing, any better? He's going to be playing a little bit more as a wing back. And uh, uh, one reason why I bring him up is this: he got hurt last season. But before he got hurt, there was about I don't know seven eight weeks that he was a reasonable play because of his price as a fifth midfielder. He is currently is five point five billion pounds. So mm-hmm. that's that sticks in my mind that before he got hurt, he was in fantasy lineups. Scott Heck, he might have been in yours too. No, I'm trying to remember correctly. <laughs> Maybe he should have been. Um, and then can you seriously criticize anything I did last hey, year, Dave? As- Championship. I know it's fair. This is my obligatory championship reference for this pod. Totally fair. Until I lose it this Until season, I will keep it. mentioning it. You got another nine months. <laughs> That's so much time. I can't. It's. <laughs> I love it. Unfortunately for me and Brian, it is fact, <laughs> and we're just going to have to suffer through that. Uh, <sighs> listen, I'm gonna. I'll bring this up now because I know how dumb this is, uh, and I know that it's probably not normal. I can't take credit for coming up with this myself, maybe uh, because I did see it somewhere else, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. Begovic is one of my starting keepers. Huh. Uh, and so was Wayne Hennessy. We'll get to Wayne Hennessy. No, he is teams. not. Wayne Hennessy's on your squad? Again, I, I feel like it's whoever I've mocked over the years. What is happening? So follow me through this. Uh, I'm going to try this, Scott, and we'll see if it pans out at all. Okay. But Crystal Palace and Bournemouth have had the perfect unsympatico starts to the season. So where I, I'll be able to rotate Begovic and Hennessy and always have a home keeper every week for like the first nine or ten weeks. I think you're overthinking it. So listen. Yeah. I know how silly that sounds. Yeah. But t- typically we do know that teams play better at home if you're going to get a clean sheet and you're not a top club like a De Gea or, you know, whoever else, uh, that you have a chance 
at a clean sheet. And so I'm just saying. Feels to me like you're overthinking. I never really spend a whole lot of money in goalkeeper. And I might change that. Look, I'm saying at this moment, if I can only tell you how many times I've changed my fantasy lineup in the last two weeks. Currently at the moment, I have Begovic and Hennessy as my keepers, mainly because I can always have a home keeper for starting off the season. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Begovic makes my lineup there. And I do agree with you. I don't expect many clean sheets from him. I like their chances at home. So Wow. Okay. Moving on. We'll move on to our third club of the day. Brighton and Hove Albion. Now, I'll go first this time. And I... Uh... I'm going to be honest with you. I had a hard time narrowing down the options. Really? I mean, last year, you guys all year talked about their defense, how they started the same back four and how valuable they were to own. Huddersfield's defense is a little bit more valuable than theirs. Duffy and Dunk. I mean, we talked about those guys quite a bit. There was a moment where... Like for like two weeks, Ezekiel Shalato was was someone we talked about. Matt Ryan is a goalkeeper, and then we can't obviously forget about Pascal Gross and Glenn Murray. I mean, sure. these no, are all right. guys on Brighton that we talked about all year last year. Uh, you know, as they were surprising everyone by finishing squarely in the mid table. Uh, so I came up with three names. The first one is I attributed all to Brian in our okay. June transfer window pod. Bernardo, their new defender. Yep. Okay, four and a half pounds. I feel really good about having Bernardo in my defense. My second choice is Pascal Gross. Yeah. Surprisingly, still only seven pounds, despite scoring 164 points total last year. Five points less, Scott, than David Silva. Let that sink in. And seven pounds. I mean, and this is year two in the league. You would think he knows a little bit more. I agree. Where he's playing. That feels like a really good option to me. And then my third choice is Matt Ryan. I mean, he was a rock in defense. He got all the de- or not defense in the in goal. He got all the goal point goalkeeper points for them last year. One hundred and forty six of them total. Four and a half pounds. You can do worse as a backup goalkeeper that occasionally becomes your starting goalkeeper based on matchups than Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. All right, I went with uh, Pascal Gross number one. It just seems obvious. I already said my David Silva is four points behind David Silva. He was 11th overall last year. 11th overall in his first year in the league. He started off crazy hot, cooled off, kind of came on a little bit stronger at the end of the season. I think he's going to be one of those foreign players who comes in and now continues to do well throughout the whole year. Seven pounds. Sign me up for that. Number two is uh, is Kierdo, which he finished second on their team last year. Yeah. At a 6.0, I've seen that guy do stuff that, like, literally scares teams. Yeah. yeah he and is, I just wonder right. if he, like, I don't think he was starting for them at the beginning of last year, Brian. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, he was he was a late signing in the summer and took, it was basically that first month to kind of get acclimated. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He, I feel like at the end of the year, he was doing things that you were like, yeah. Did that guy just do that? Yep. That's right. So at $6, like, again, and, and, Pascal Gross, technically he's my fifth midfielder, only because I went really heavy in the midfield so far. Mm-hmm. Pascal Gross could easily be a third or fourth midfielder easily on, on the team. And then, now I'm not saying own both, but I'm saying Iskierdo is $6. I'm just telling you, it's not going to surprise me if we get to the end of September and Iskierdo is a decent play and his price has gone up. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And then another wild card again, I'm not going to own three Brighton players, but Anthony Knockhart again last year for a while was, was ownable. 
he always seems to get hurt. Yeah. And so I, I'm he not put, saying he puts that the I would Canuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure no, I know. Um, if disappointing. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, think he's primarily quality. Year. He was he was great for them in the championship. Yeah. He's not he's not at the level. No. Of the look, he was ownable a few some last year. I just don't know. Anyways, he'd be my third pick. He uh, went all midfield. It's and about, avoided Glenn Murray. I Glenn Murray's hurt right now. Well, Glenn Murray's hurt, but I think I think the hope for Brighton and Hove Albion this season is that they get more production and and the burden is lifted from Glenn Murray uh, to be the only goal scorer to be you know of, of any significance. Hemed. So Hemed and Jurgen Locadia and a lot of those guys, you know those those guys in particular, especially Locadia because they spent a ton of money on him. Uh, but I, I'm not picking him. Uh, no, Pascal Gross. It's almost like it's uh, it's almost like seven dollars. It's like a uh, it's like the universe is taunting you with him. Right, like right. FPL is throwing him in your face and saying like, "Of course you're gonna do that." <laughs> like the it's like a it's like the devil's tease. I, I just I, it just seems like somebody who's so who did so great last season. I I, I don't know why seven dollars. Yet gets I don't, no credit. I don't know why seven dollars should scare should scare anyone off, and yet the fact that he's less yeah there yeah less than ten percent ownership, and you know the Angolo Conte's and Jesse Lingard is owned more than he is. I I just feel like the potential seems like because he's so essential to what Brighton does. I it just seems odd. I just don't see any way he does worse than he did last year barring injury, right? Right. Assuming he's out there and is playing in a normal capacity. Yeah. I I'm a little torn. I I I'm hedging a bit by saying I'm torn between Izquierdo and and Bernardo. 5 goals and 5 assists for Izquierdo in 23 starts. So 32 total appearances. But yeah, six dollars for a for a guy that's a nightmare attacker, right? Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. But Bernardo, for sure. The thing that um, so with Bernardo at four and a half, uh, something that Brighton has talked about is that he can play either side, right, left, or right fullback. Interesting. Shalato uh, and Bruno were rotating a lot of the season last season on the. Uh, right. On one side, yeah. and and Bong was the other side. Yeah, Bong is in no way, you know, there's no way that he is a, a, an essential guy at that position. And I'm sure the you know the the feeling is the flexibility with Bernardo uh, is will be very useful to them. Um, so yeah, I like both of those guys. I like price. Bernardo. I like with Bernardo. I like that they signed him early in June. Hmm. Yeah, he's had a couple of months. He's had a full preseason with them. Yeah. And that matters. That really does matter. Like, the league will be a little different for him, but he's had a full preseason with his teammates, and I, I like that. That makes him attractive to me. Yeah. More, much more so than someone signed in July or August, which that does matter. Hey, and, I, and I, they, they, Brighton has, I mean, I think it's not, it's not terrible just to, just to say, like, Shane Duffy and Lewis Dunk are, were a good partnership for them. I mean, those two guys are. Uh, they are fixtures in the defense. I feel like Shane Duffy was wildly unlucky to not score goals last season. Real quick, I, I want to kind of do an addendum on the fly. I want to scratch the fact that I even mentioned Knockhart 
And I want to throw in there, and I will not be say his name right, but he's one of their new signings. It's curious to me the Premier League has him listed as the same price as Pascal Gross. Yeah. Oh. It's Alireza Jacanabash mm-hmm. or something Baksh. I, I, I don't know how to say his last name. Sure. If he does anything, Scott, mm-hmm. we know how we will learn to say his That's name. That's right. Brian J. His price to me is curious, and I know that they spent some good money on him. That's right. So I, it won't surprise me if all of a sudden the season starts and people, you know, if, if he scores the first week and then all of a sudden he's flooded with, with owners. He's one of those guys that we don't know anything about, at least I don't, but it's curious to me. My mm-hmm. eyebrow is slightly raised about that guy. So yeah. anyways, forgive me for even mentioning Knockhart. I meant that guy, and, you know, let's move on. All right, we move on to Burnley. Now, Burnley is an interesting club because, well, they've already started their important matches this season. Uh, they have been playing Europa League matches. Uh, they've made it through their first uh, their, their first round that, where they've entered into the tournament. And uh, now they're drawn against a, a Turkish club in their next round. And that's come at a price. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of colorful triangles on the list of Burnley players. That is true. That has greatly affected my selection for the Premier League. But let me be clear. This, just like with Arsenal, I will not go near Burnley to start the Premier League season. You you said this to your credit in the end of last season. Uh, early, you like s- before the season ended. Your when prediction it like, was Burnley was a good play this year. Yep. I probably will stay away next year because of the Europa League qualifications. That's exactly and, right. And it looks like you're probably right. So. With that in mind, uh, I'm not assuming that you guys feel the same way, but with that in mind, uh, Dave, give us your list first, if you will. I went uh, Vokes at a 5.5. I feel like he... uh, Look, when Vokes was healthy and played last year, it seemed like every second or third game he seemed to score or assist. And that's Uh, enough for you at a 5.5? Yeah. Yeah, that's decent. You're thinking of Ashley Barnes. Am I? Early in the year, it was Sam Vokes. Late in the year, it was Ashley Barnes. I feel like when Vokes got he eventually got hurt. Chris Wood, I like Chris Wood the most, Mm -hmm. but it's just there's just never seems to be a consistency. It's like I feel like it's a three headed monster there, and two of the guys are going to start. Ashley Barnes was the most consistent, Brian. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Lennon at a five zero, I think could really uh, surprise some people. In other words, like he's going to be playing out on the wing, Hmm. crossing into Vokes Barnes Woods said. Uh, said defender or said uh, striker. I think there's a chance there, and then and then uh, Ben Me, uh, Ben Me when he is healthy and playing, always seems to get some assists more than you would think, and he's at a 5.0. Uh, those would be my top Burnley picks. Brian, I would not be surprised at all if the Burnley attacking people end up being better owns because of their price. Mm-hmm. Where last season, you know, it's, it seems like Burnley was all about defenders. You could get in defense. And Nick Pope. Yes, and Nick Pope. Um, Who's hurt. Who is. We, can, we don't have to talk about it a lot, other than to say he had surgery on his separated shoulder. And it could be. I think they'll, it's as muddy as it was last season with Tom Heaton's separated shoulder. No yes. timetable. And not only that, Tom Heaton has got, also, his, own, got his own knock. Yep. Um. I do, I do like Chris Wood. I won't own him, but Chris Wood would be my choice of the strikers. The players, if I have to choose, it would be Matt Lowton and Stephen Ward. So Matt Lowton 
missed all of December and January last season and still finished with 89 fantasy points. Stephen Ward missed all half of December and basically the rest of that time until February mm. and finished with 102. I like those guys both as for their attacking threat as defenders. And that's entirely because it's uh, to me it would be better than uh, as intriguing as Robbie Brady and Aaron Lennon are. I feel like the potential of clean sheet points, the, pos- the knowing that they will do that at some point, makes those guys makes Loton and Ward more desirable for both clean yep. sheets and attacking. And Loton and Ward are both five zero. You like them better than Ben Me. I like Ben Me, and I like Tarkowski too. They're I, all I, at five. All, all of the defense is five. Exactly. I just my my preference would be Ward and, and Loton and Ward. And yet. I went with none of them because to start the year, it seems like it's possible Anders Lindegaard is going to be the goalkeeper behind them. Is that back four good enough to overcome the fact that they might be starting the season with a third-string goalkeeper? Or or maybe Joe Hart. I don't know if you saw that rumor recently. I have seen that rumor. I would still make the same comment about a third-string goalkeeper if it's Joe Hart. I, I get it, but he's on the decline. No, I know. And he's new. There's going to be no organization there through heart. But you you have a cohesive back four. Does does that deter? And let's let's be clear about one other thing. Uh, Burnley just signed Ben Gibson from Middlesbrough. He will start at some point soon. Ben Gibson is good enough to start for Burnley in their defense. Whose spot does he take? I don't know. They they need guys because of that Europa League schedule we've already discussed. Are so there sure? will be a heavy rotation here too. Are you sure that signing's official? It was official it today. He's right. Okay. And so there is a lot that's up in the air. Like this is now this has gone now from you know who Burnley will be playing in their lineup to who knows who Burnley will be playing. Now yeah. they've got Guys, I mean, everyone that you look, you look at their list of, you just pull up Burnley players on the Fantasy Premier League website. Every single one of these guys, except Naki Wells at forward, plays, Mm -hmm. can play, will play. Rotation is going to be a problem for you as a fantasy owner. Right now, injury at the back is a huge problem for me. And so, because I'm making a list for the month of August, essentially, I have no defenders in it for Burnley. None. I'm not going to own a single Claret to start the season. I would love to. I had two for much of last year. I've got zero planned for my lineup this year. And the guys that I have on my list, they're all up front. Ashley Barnes ended the year as the best forward, the most informed forward, so he's number one on my list. I, too, also like Chris Ward. He's number two. And I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Robbie Brady, so I put him third. Stephen Ward. Did I say Joel? You said Chris. Chris Ward? We added a new one. Who's Chris Ward? I love it. Did I say Chris Ward? I love it. I love that we never get this guy's name right. I don't think I said his name. Did I? Did you say Chris Wood? Wood. Chris Wood. It sounded like you said Chris Ward. Oh, that makes sense. Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood, Robbie Brady. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if but Ro- does that make sense? Do you hey, guys disagree? I mean, no. Burnley could no, be. No, not at all. This I, is this look. This okay. I'm. An, I'm. I'm. I'm not. Um, let's do this. This will be a fun bet. Let's just sprinkle a bet in here real quick. Okay. Predict Burnley's place in the Premier League table at the end of this coming season. Brian, you first. Ten. 
Dave? Way to go perfectly middle, Brian. Say 11. I, that's, that's my next guess, 11. All right, I'm going 15. Wow. I think Burnley, They have you looked at their lineups for their first two ties in the Europa League? It's their starting lineup. Yeah. Which I get. You, I mean, th- essentially, these are like preseason friendlies for them. So uh, I totally get it. Right. You, know, you want to put your lineup back, get some cohesion for the start of the season. But if you want to read into that a little bit, maybe Sean Dyche is going for this. He's at least trying to get to the group stage, right? That spells trouble for the Premier League. Yeah. It's hard for a club who's never done this before to make this work on multiple fronts. What's interesting is this. I think Burnley has just done bad business. They have one arrival in. One, and that's Ben Gibson, a defender. So what what are they doing? There's four days left in the in the transfer window. I Offensively, they've never been that strong. And if you want to compete in your in Europe and in the Premier League front, just to stay up, because let's be honest, that's for mm-hmm. the most part that that that's what they're going to be shooting for. I just don't understand why you don't bring in more arrivals. I disagree because again, look at their roster. They've got two good goalkeepers. They have eight decent defenders when they're all healthy. They have eight decent midfielders, and they have three decent forwards. They didn't need new bodies. Decent for what? For, for Burnley. Yeah. I, for Burnley. These guys are perfect for this club. This And, uh, and last season, these guys were, were good enough to get them to the Europa League. I, the, to me, I, I, I think... For me, I, it's I not... would expect a drop off, but I can't imagine that Sean Dyche just that it just implodes. No, it doesn't. It's, that's not going to be the issue. The issue is that Sean Dyche had it easy last year. He had it easy. He had eleven guys that he started, barring injury, barring you know the need for rest. Then he had a backup that he could put in for each player. He has that now, but rotation is hard when you've never done it before. And that's going to be the problem. It's just the newness of it. These guys yeah. are fine. He didn't need to do a ton of business. But yeah. what's uh, going to happen? We a, don't know. A major injury to the defense also could, could affect things really seriously. All right. Fifth club, Cardiff City. We've covered these guys already. They've gotten their own episode this summer, so we yep. can move through this one pretty quickly. I agree. Uh, Brian, give us your three, sir. Soul Bamba. Yeah. Sean Morrison. Junior Hoylet. I, I'm not saying go back and listen to the Cardiff podcast. I would say go back and listen to the Cardiff podcast. To me, all three of those guys, uh, they are as good as it gets for Cardiff. And I would imagine the hopes of Cardiff staying up in the Premier League this year rest almost entirely on those guys' shoulders. I've got the same guys, slightly different order. Bomba first, Hoylet second, Morrison third, and that's simply because of Morrison's price at five pounds for a defender. Yeah. I have Sol Bomba number one, Sean Morrison number two, Bobby Reed. Mm. Bobby Reed. You just want three. him to do well to prove me wrong. That's that's more out of spite I toward me. I always love proving you wrong, but I truly believe that he will make an impact for Cardiff City. And could very possibly at some point, because of his price, be a fantasy play. Hmm. Let's move on to Chelsea. This is an interesting club. Took him forever just to sign a manager, let alone bring in any players. Uh, now, these guys uh, had their Community Shield match today, as we record this. Uh, didn't look as crisp as Manchester City did, which you would expect. 
Will that be something that carries into the start of the Premier League season, Dave? Uh, actually, it's my turn. So let me give you my sure. three guys. First of all, let me just say that just like Arsenal, I'm going nowhere near Chelsea, except for maybe Marcus Alonso. Yep. He seems to be a staple. That guy gets forward. He can score some fantasy points. Didn't play in the World Cup. Didn't play in the World Cup. Yep. He'll be fresh and ready. So Marcus Alonso, number one. I want Victor Moses to do well, but everyone's saying he might be a casualty of the new formation. So I'm not going to own him, but he is on my list. I don't know. After Marcus Alonso, it's a toss-up. Entirely a toss-up. Uh, you know, Sarri has said he likes David Luiz. Uh, he's come out and said he doesn't like Willian. Uh, Jorginho played today in the Community Shield and looked like a decent player. Uh, Murata looked awful. Uh, you know, Giroud, he's willing to sell. Who knows at this point? Yeah. I just want Ruben Loftus-Cheek to do well, yeah. so I'm going to put him on my list. That's yeah. entirely my heart speaking. Marcus Alonso is the only Chelsea player worth going near. I feel like this is a perfect time to introduce a new segment, even though we're not doing any segments this pod, but a new segment of, I like this guy, but, right? Like, I, f I feel like this, starting now, moving forward, and we've kind of already done this with some players, yep. this is going to be a theme. Uh, number one, I want nothing to do with any Chelsea player for the first month of the season. Yep. If any player, and I don't even know if he's going to be there, but number one would be Eden Hazard because yep. he was really good in the World Cup. So if that guy can show up and play in a more offensive system for Chelsea, then then get, give me that guy. If I know that Hazard is is starting day one, which I, he just showed up to camp the other day. I got to interrupt you. He doesn't want to be there. So if he starts... You don't know that. He has basically said, he I want not. to go to Real Madrid. He has not said that. Come on. There's nowhere publicly... Read just a little between the lines. Read just a little. Quote Come it somewhere. Come on, man. There's he four does days not. left in the window, and he hasn't gone anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And if he doesn't, you really want that in your lineup for the first four weeks of the season? He is playing in... The Number one, he was really good at the World Cup. Let's establish that. That's fine. Okay? He likes playing he for Belgium. He is playing in a more offensive system. He hated playing for Conte. He is playing yeah. in a more offensive system with a guy who has already come out and said publicly, sorry, I will form everything around Eden Hazard. Yeah, remember, he is our remember guy. When Hazard, remember when he said, I could have played for, I could have played for three hours and we, I wouldn't have touched last the time, ball? Last time Chelsea played City. Yeah, Hazard said after the game we could have played for yeah, three or four said, hours and we, never we touched for the three ball. Hours, okay, yeah. that that is going to be different underneath this new manager. Okay, the philosophies are completely different. Moving on, Pedro. Pedro? Hey, now hold on a second. I'm not playing Pedro. I already said this. All right. But what I'm I'm giving you my Chelsea picks. If I were to pick Chelsea players, okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have Chelsea hate. Okay. Chelsea hate I have in my blood. It's just how it is, okay? Whatever. I get it. If I was to pick up, it, and, and this is why, Pedro is listed as a midfielder. He is a cheap midfielder, Brian, at 6.5. Yeah. He's a very trendy pick right But now. he is playing in a very advanced position in a 4-3-3. He's playing as one of the outside wingers, the right outside winger, on the top three across the top. At a 6.5, and he's getting clean sheet points as a midfielder, and he's getting an extra point per goal as a midfielder. I'm just saying you could do worse at that position at a 6.5. Moving on, Scott, I agree with you 
Victor Moses, Brian and I talked about this the other day. When you look at his numbers on the fantasy points that he scored last year compared to the minutes he played, he was abs- he scored one fantasy point every 16 minutes. The, the highest-ranked defender last year was David Azpilicueta, who was scoring... <laughs> that's not his name. Well, you're thinking of the song, Dave. <laughs> we'll just call him Dave. Cesar. Dave. Cesar. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> Cesar Azpilicueta was the highest-ranking defender last year. He was scoring one fantasy point every, like, 19 minutes. Yeah. But Moses, Moses did Moses not... Moses had a better rate. Moses had a better rate minutes... Points per minute than than his teammate Aspilicueta. He just did not play as much. My concern, as you said, already for, for Moses is if they're not playing wingbacks, where is he playing? Yeah. He literally feel like don't have, doesn't have a position to play. Yeah. So Victor Moses, for me, I would I think could be a play. I just don't know where he's playing. That's why he's number three. I will own no Chelsea players to start the season. Although I want to own Hazard. Brian, go ahead. Yeah, Victor Moses would be my number one if he had a spot, but he's not. Can't make my list. Right now, I I want Eden Hazard first. I want him most. Uh, but it's this, and part of it for Chelsea for me is that it's similar to Leicester last season. Chelsea has a really nice balance of the difficult matches that they play over the course of the season. So they hardly ever get that run of like, like a really bad run four or five matches in a row. Like their season long Chelsea schedule is nice. It's nicely balanced. And definitely the first week the first six weeks for them are in a way I feel like it's as good as it can be for a team that really needs to sort things out. Their best team is coming back from World Cup duty. So between Angolo Conte and Thibaut and Hazard and Everyone else that's there, like until they until they sort that out, I totally agree. I I can't I can't buy any of them. But if it if I had to pick, Hazard is number one. Again, not great season last season, not great. But he started coming off an ankle injury, so barely played in the first you know however many four or five weeks or something like that. Then odd tactics and usage by Conte almost the like for a, especially at the end of the season so many times everyone's scratching their head saying what in the world why is he out why is he benched why is he coming off now the number of times that happened last season is just is it, it's no wonder that despite Conte's great you know win percentage that he's not there Hazard still finished with 165 dribbles completed was best in the Premier League last season. All of the skills that all of the like th- this is all stuff that exactly was the reason why he was such uh, so like amazing to watch in the World Cup. He created the fourth most chances for uh, in the Premier League last season. He created 84 chances. He was fouled the fourth most of any player in the Premier League 82 times last season. So yeah, I feel like a ton of this just depends on how does he adapt does he come in? Cesc Fabregas this past week was saying, like, I'm begging him to stay. It's just, it's, it reminds me a little bit of Coutinho at, at Liverpool. Cesc saying, Hazard could be a legend here. He can be a legend here. But does he, you know, I'm begging him to stay. We want him here. But it's, you know, ultimately this is up to him. So, yes, for me, Hazard is, is first choice. And then 
to me, second choice, and it may be obvious, but has Pilaqueta. I mean, he was so steady last season. He was the most consistent guy. It's a re- the reason he was the number one defender for FPL last year. Brian, is it is it a concern though that Chelsea has a new manager who is cl- plainly stated he is looking to play the beautiful game as opposed to playing Conte defensive ball? Like almost, I can't think of a team that has a bigger caveat on it than Chelsea. Oh, for sure. Like I, I the, the all of these, as much as I, and it's the same. Pedro would be a a, a great choice at six and a half, only based on potential value, and that's the worst part of all of this. It's like this is all potential. I get that people are saying like, hey, at least in the first few weeks, Willian obviously is not in favor here no. at all. No. Pedro has been playing a ton and has scored a few times in preseason. So, like, he has the form coming into the season, and he has the spot until all the other pl- until all the regulars come back. So, at least for the first few weeks, for me, like, if I had to pick based on the totality of the season, yeah, it would be it would be the the, the steady guys. It would be Hazard, Azpilicueta, and then my wish that Victor Moses okay. had a spot. So we all had Victor Moses in there. Although we we're all seem gonna to be unsure about it. <laughs> it just sucks. That's right. Now for another interesting club, uh, Crystal Palace. They were uh, a hot club to end the season last uh, last season, uh, but they've had they have some question marks surrounding them entering into this new season. Namely, will Wilfried Zaha be a part of Crystal Palace when the season begins? He currently is. Currently, he is. Uh, but a couple other signings, very recently, very late here in the window, Chuck Kuyate from West Ham, and then Max Meyer coming in from the Bundesliga. Um, Dave, we'll start with you. Who's Who are your uh, your crystals? If Zaha's there, give me Zaha. Okay. Uh, don't ever insult the Crystal Palace cheerleaders, the crystals, mm-hmm. by referencing players as crystals. You are doing an unfair injustice to the actual crystals. Let me ask you a question about Zaha. <laughs> he is a forward now. He is. Does that deter you at all? No. It's an excellent question, and I don't like the fact that they moved him to a forward, but no. I get it. <laughs> um, seven pounds. So seven pounds. Middle, like, middle tier, second yeah, tier I'd be, forward. Yeah, be looking to be a, a third. I, right now, currently, I can't squeeze him in. I've tried. I've yeah. tried to get to the point where I can make him my third. In other words, like I like Mark. Marco is a 7 Yeah, Marco Arnautovic. I like him better than Zaha, although they might be right on par with each other. They might be. It, like if, if the season starts and, and they have pretty much the same amount of points and, they, and they're both going up in value because people are going to them, won't surprise me at all. Yeah, I have so, concerns about Marco. We'll get to that with Here Larry. is anyways, let's let's move this on because we can get drawn out. Zaha Milivojevic, okay, and, and those aren't no brainers, right? I mean I get it. Milivojevic was was great last year. One reason why was because of his price. But assuming he's playing and assuming he's still on penalties, listen, that's and Zaha's there who is typically leads the league in drawing penalties. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with Milivojevic at a 6.5. And then, Scott, Juan Basaka. Really? That's his last name. Is this because he's four pounds? Absolutely. <laughs> he's four pounds, <laughs> and he is going to be playing. Uh, and I like 
some defenders. If I can find a four-pound defender, Brian, who is playing every week, I yeah. will buy him every time because I'm not looking for crazy production. I don't build my team around defense, Scott. So if I can get three defenders that are decent and then fill out my last two defenders and uh, for cheap, good players, yeah, give me those guys. Give me some Juan Basaka at a $4 price. Brian? I want James Tompkins. I want Patrick Van Onholt, and I want Wilfred Zaha. Interesting. Um, Two defenders. Yeah. So James Tompkins, it's entirely based on what we saw of him, goal threat and price. So to me, it's like a perfect balance. It would be hard for me not to have James Tompkins as a starting season defender. Um, Patrick Van Onholt. I think I think a lot of it has to do with his end of season form last season. Van Onholt was so uh, forgettable at the beginning of the year. He was not a consideration at all through I don't know, at least the first half of the season. By the end of the season I was wondering why I wasn't try- doing more to try to buy him. Hmm. Um Crystal Palace's schedule to start the year is amazing. It's just amazing through 9 weeks. So I I feel I would feel really good about having either of their either defender and for uh, Tompkins as a as the clean sheet potential and then Van Onholt for attacking potential. Um, yeah, Zaha. I feel like they priced him perfectly. I feel like the FPL did a great job making it a perfect balance between we're gonna we're gonna wreck your decision to have him as a midfielder, but we're gonna price him at a perfect place where now you have to think about getting him. Yeah, seven dollars is. Uh, I I would like to reference quickly the fantasy Premier League's uh, tweet where they asked uh, if you could have one forward for the entire season, who would you choose? And the list was Marco Zaha, Tosun, and uh, and there was someone else who was another cheap forward. And the overwhelming first choice for everyone was Jank. Stupid. Tosun really? won the Stupid poll people. out of almost a hundred thousand. Saw that too. Out of a hundred thousand votes, and I just kept thinking, Rigged. like, not Zaha, not Marco. You're gonna really go for the Everton striker here, and I, it made me wonder. We can talk more about him when we get to Everton next, but um, no, I think Zaha. I, I to me, it seems like um, I, I I feel equally good about him. You know, obviously, you're going to lose a point here and there for him being a striker, but I I feel really good about him still as a striker. Yeah. Scott, fly through your picks. Uh, Zaha is number one. However, if he does go to Chelsea, as rumored, he's going to quickly become number one on my Chelsea list too. Huh. I will probably wait, especially until- if he's playing indoor with or opposite, you know, with or in place of Murata at a seven zero, because his price is not going to change if he changed clubs. Yeah, no, that's right, and that's exactly it. Yeah, I will wait that one week where he comes in, you know, with seventy-five minutes gone, you know, like like typically yeah. happens, you know, when you come to a new place, and then I'll I'll transfer him in for the next week when he has his first start. Sure. Um, but Zaha is Crystal Palace. You know, he he is still number one. I will hesitate a little bit because if he's still at Crystal Palace, he might be a bit of a head case. Uh, Luka Milivojevic, he was v- high value points per pound at six at at four point five last year yeah. to start. He still is at six point five given all that he does for them, and the, given the fact that it's his second year in the league. 
and then uh, I too like James Tompkins a lot. He's yeah. probably going to be one of my four point five pound defenders. Um, Dave, you were about to defend Wayne Hennessy, but we. I, I I feel like Wayne. Well, Hen- yeah. Well, I, I mentioned him earlier. Tennessee and Guaido. We talked about. I feel like when we talked about the new signings, and it's I, true. I feel like it, it seems like the feeling from Palace is that Hennessy will start the season, but it, but it can't last long. How how do you say his name? Guaita. Guaita. Yeah. Let's try it that way. So I don't know. Give me give me Palace keeper to just to start the season again. Okay. But I'm probably the only person doing this. I'm I'm going with the 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 palace keeper, opposite the Bournemouth keeper, and then starting them, hoping I can get a clean sheet at home with them. But again, that will probably blow up in my face. But I'm trying something new. Everton is next. They also have a new manager for this upcoming season. Someone that we know a little bit, Marco Silva, formerly of Watford last year. Um, let's see, Brian, it's your turn to go first. Well, it might be, it might be too obvious, but Richarlison at six and a half dollars is going to be, to me, no, no brainer why he's such a huge, uh, selection for people to start the season. Brother Matt is shaking his head at you right now. Um, but that's okay. I want Gilfie Sigurdsson. I am highly optimistic of Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, this season and and would love to have him at some point i don't think i'll start with him but i would love to have him and then i think the price on jank makes him jank tosun makes him uh makes him an an option i won't own him but uh but definitely i think the the way everyone I, i don't know maybe it's just the attacking optimism for everton that is making me shy away from everyone defensively and jordan pickford uh, for Everton, but those are my choices. Dave, hey, I went with Richarlison, Brian, and then I actually went completely opposite you, based only solely based on Everton's schedule. Hmm. With Pickford in, as you and I talked about yesterday, Dinier, Dinier, is that right? Yeah, Dinier, Dinier, Dinier. That's, that's right. No it's, accent there. No accent. That's right. It's not Dinier. It's Dinier. Um, but he Everton just signed him. He yep. will be starting for them. You don't bring a defender in for that price and not start him. So I don't know what that means for Coleman and or Baines. I don't know what side he's playing on. Just telling you that guy's going to be playing. Um, he's my third pick. So anyways, Richarlison Pick, Pickford and then Dinya. And only those two, Pickford and Dinya, only based on schedule and their price. Everton's yeah. schedule is fantastic starting. Very easy. So... I love Seamus the most of all of them. I agree. But if but Price would push me away from Seamus. I agree. And that's what that's that's why I didn't mention him. I like Pickford at a five oh, Dinya at a five oh. Anyway, and, and the and their schedule. So price and schedule is why I'm even mentioning them. Yep. Yeah, I like Pickford as well. Um I, I like him a lot. I think at five and a half with Seamus. You look at their defense. Like the first thing that jumps out at you when you look at Everton's list of players is how many of them there are. Hmm. And for me, when I look at their list of defenders, like they'll all get playing time at various points. But Sheamus is probably going to be the most consistent. Yeah, I I totally agree. And so it's worth the five and a half for that assured consistency, given that he's healthy, of course. And then you have to put Richarlison in your list. You have to. Here's why. 
When did Richarlison do well last year? The first half of the year or the second half of the year, Dave? When Marco Silva was his manager. That's not what I asked. First half of the year <laughs> well, or the no, second half of the year? Well, no, technically, it's course. You're ruining it. I'm trying to do something here, the man. The first half of the season. Okay, who was the manager for Watford during the first half of the season? Marco Silva. And it didn't take Richarlison long, despite being new in the league, to make an impact. No, it was immediate. It was it was nearly immediate. It uh, was immediate. Was it first week? It I don't was, even remember. It was within the first two weeks Easy. where okay. everyone kind of said, I knew it was whoa, quick. what is this? Well, yeah, who, I knew who's it was, that guy? I knew yeah. it was fast. Why would it be any different? Why? Why would it be any different here? And at six and a half in the midfield, it is, I mean, it is. Richardson, listen, at twenty, he's 21 years old, 20 obviously last year. He has some consistencies with, with Mares. In other words, a happy Mares is a really good fantasy play if he's playing, right? A happy Mares, sad Mares for Lester was not worth playing. Yeah. So a happy Richarlison is absolutely worth playing, in my opinion. You said it the way men and blazers like to Rich say Arlison. Rich Arlison. Rich Arlison. <laughs> uh, those guys are awesome. So, anyways, bottom line is do I own him currently? No. Could I own you him? You don't. I don't own him currently. Huh. Oh, he's but, in. He's in for me. But I went well. Pascal Gross is my che- is my cheapest midfielder at a seven zero. Yeah. So yeah, look, is there going to be a massive drop off between Richarlison and Pascal Gross by Nasser? That's an interesting question. I don't know. Am I losing that much value going from Gross to Richarlison? And I'm gaining a point five. It's interesting. I, I don't know how to answer. What's that. really nice about Richarlison's price too is. You know, I think in the first few weeks, you're you're hedging on a guy who was best in the first, oh, I don't know, what, 10, 12 weeks? I feel like close Last to year. an essential own in the first, uh, you weeks. know, the first, almost the first half of the season. Yeah. There are so many other options at six and a half or seven or cheaper. And I think a lot of that stuff could shake out in the first few weeks. Like, I, I to me, it's a, I don't, I don't see what, it seems like such a low risk, high reward guy at six and a half, and you know Everton, you know, you know whether you hate or love him or whatever. To me, it just seems like you're you're not risking a ton by having him. That's right. The upside is gigantic. It's agreed. Sorry, Theo Walcott. Scott, no one uh, listed this this one player, but I feel like we should mention it in a quick blurb. Okay, Yeri Mina, mm-hmm. which you. You were always kind of looking this season in the World Cup as who is, in quotes, that guy. That guy, capital T, capital G. Who will land a major uh, move or contract based on their World Cup performances. You've been saying for now at least a month, Yuri Mina, in quotes, is that guy. Yes. Looks like he has found a club. Mm -hmm. Breaking news right here on the Fancy Soccer FC podcast. No, that's not true. Yeah, it is. That's why I'm making that up. But bottom line is, Everton seems to be landing him from Barcelona. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. We don't know his price. It's so breaking. I'm just saying that could end up. In an early, in an easy early season schedule for Everton, might make Pickford actually a more attractive pl- play. I like that. Right? Does uh, that may- make sense? Maybe uh, he's he's he couldn't find the pitch for Barcelona last year. He, I think he made four appearances for them to end in the second half of their season. Um, he had a great World Cup. Yeah, I think he, I think for it was Columbia. three matches in a row that he scored uh, off set, of set pieces. pieces, but. In a, in a better organized Premier League, I think those chances are going to be harder to come by. And uh, and I think that this is an overrated buy. Well, 
but for Everton, sometimes you might have to take risks on players like this. I think it'll be a failed risk, and I, I disagree with you because you're again, Liverpool it's hate the, show. No, it's not. It's the curse of the word value. Is this a value signing if he ends up coming and not doing much? The answer well, is no. Well, you can say that. Well, that's not fair. You can say that about any signing. If any signing comes in and doesn't do well, well, then of course it's a stupid N- and signing. And none more than Richarlison. <laughs> Everton has taken more crap for the amount, the 35 million pound. Wasn't it 40? 35 million. Yeah. 35.28 million to be exact. Okay. Fee for for Richarlison. So I'm just, no, it might have been euros. It might have been 40 plus euros. Sure, sure. So, uh, anyways, moving on. We need to get off Everton. Uh, Matt, uh, brother Matt, avoid you can tune Mina. In now. Avoid Mina. All right, Fulham. They just got their own episode. You can hear it in the previous episode of the podcast feed. Uh, I think it's my turn to go first. Yeah, sure, Scott. Um, I went ahead first with Ryan Sessegnon, Mm -hmm. just because I like the upside. I think he could come in and have have some some impact. Even though he might be playing defense, but keep going. Yeah, well... (laughs) I want. I had Alfie Mawson on my list before it was determined. Uh, you know, obviously he's injured. I think it was just Slightly yesterday injured. that he's hurt until yeah. September first. Uh, and then uh, Mitrovic. But honestly, I'm not going near Fulham for my fantasy lineup. I'll root for them uh, when they're not playing Liverpool uh, to stay up. But um, I mean, those are, those are the three guys because I committed to picking three guys. My first choice would be uh, Mitrovic. Actually, but that's entirely based on him already having been in the Premier League and having done it right. and being cheap as a third. Right, he didn't do it that option. well. No, not that well. But he's he been. has done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I do like that he scored a ton in the championship in limited appearances. And so is right. it going to be the same? Uh, is it going to be the same at Fulham? I don't know. I would have my doubts, but he would be my first choice. Uh. Sessegnon makes me nervous, but I feel like the upside of him makes him kind of... I, I get why he's such an essential choice. The Alfie Mawson injury, uh, I do want to say that Jokanovic uh, uh, from Fulham, the manager from Fulham, says that he would not expect Alfie Mawson to be ready for the start of the season. He said, it, specifically, I don't expect he can help us before September. Right. I think so, so far that directly impacts Ryan Sessegnon in that he's been forced back to left fullback. So, you know, you don't want a midfielder playing defense. I, I, it's the opposite no, of what you... Not at it's all. the opposite direction. However, the talent is real, and I don't think that there's anything to be... I, I, I don't know why you would want to avoid that. You'd hope hope for better... He's going to better positioning for him. To but. give it an analogy that Premier League uh, watchers will relate to, he's probably going to play it like Patrick Van Onholt. Yeah, which would be great. And you would love that. Maybe. I mean, he's also... <laughs> yeah, he's still playing defense. If he's a defender, <laughs> sure, then you love it, but not as a midfielder regardless. Right. If he ended up playing as an attacking midfielder, you would love it way more. Right. Um, and my third choice, actually, is uh, Cyrus Christie in defense. Hmm. Entirely because he was uh, one of the leaders on the team and cha- big chances created. Still finished with five assists for them and priced at you know four and a half as a defender. Uh, it's exactly the kind of guy that I would want to have as a cheap defender. Um, 
and that's you know again you're just you're hoping for attacking returns from someone like that but he's he's one of those guys uh that i would that i would look at Dave. all right mitrovic i like his price i like the fact that he's been there i echo what brian said number two is their second striker kamara hmm. only because he's a 4.5 <laughs> I love his price. In all other right. words, like, so if you go all in, let's say you go with like a Kane and Obama Yang, and then you're looking for a uh, f- completely floor striker yeah. that actually will play. Okay. By chance, he might act, because you're never going to, like, some people going into this season, like I will this year, probably never looking to start three strikers. So if that's the case, then I'm looking for someone who at least plays, but is very cheap. I think Kamara will be that guy. So you're going 3 5 2 then? Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Midfielders on average score the most points. Sure. So if I can be heaviest in the midfield, that's where I'd like to be. Okay. Uh, and then only for consistency, and I would never actually probably pick him up, but uh, Kearney at a 5.0. Uh, he's their team captain. I mentioned it. You'll hear, you, we can, you hear us talk about him in the Fulham podcast. You're just going for, for value, points per pound. That's all it is. Someone, someone who's there that's not going to kill me. All right. Well, yeah, and, and that Kearney's one of those guys in, in the midfield, too. He was... Key pass guy, right? Sixty-five right. key like, passes. Yeah, like an, had, an important orchestrator in the midfield, but I, yeah. I, yeah, I get what you're I, I, right. Like he, 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 he will play every game. He's going to be good. I'm not expecting him to change the world. I just need him to be good. But you're and not be, be okay. You're not no Sessegnon on your list. No, be, uh, the the defender. Listen, I think he's a really talented kid, but the defender thing has scared me off. All right, moving on to Huddersfield. Dave, we'll go right back to you for this. Who are your three Terriers? I do not have much for, for the Terriers. In other words, much insight, that is. But I'll go through this very briefly. Okay. DePoitre, 5.5. He's had a pretty good preseason. Scoring goals. Dumb. That's what he's supposed to do. Not going to happen. Uh, and then Zonka and Losel, based on what they did last year. Uh, they're both Defender cheap. and goalkeeper. Yep, they're both cheap. 4.5. I think Huddersfield will continue to be pretty good defensively. And so those are my, my three. Uh, I don't own any Huddersfield players. I don't own any Terriers. But if I did, those would be in who I would own. I can tell you that all three of my guys are different than his three. But, Brian, let's get your three first. I don't want any Terriers. <laughs> well, I, want I, know, I, terriers. I don't either. Uh, especially, no in the fir- especially in the first two weeks. You're not playing any of them. Uh, but First two weeks because they uh, start at home against Chelsea. And then, and then at they play City. at Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, no, mine were the guys that I, I especially the end of last season, uh, Florent Hatterge and I, yes. is my first choice. Interesting. Uh, Chris Schindler, second choice, and uh, Zonka uh, is my third. All defenders. All defenders. Not Wersel. Especially, no, I don't want him, cause I, and, and only because I don't want, like, I would rather have other goalkeepers. So he he wouldn't be a choice for me anyway. Um, now Hatterj and I like because he scored all of all of his points from November on. He scored fifty one points from November on. I know that's not like not like lighting the world on fire or anything, but Hatterj and I was was obviously very important to them in the later in the, especially in the second half of the season. Christopher Schindler, my favorite stat about Schindler: fifteen bonus points for Christopher Schindler hmm. in the in the bonus point system. Nice. Tied with Marcus Alonso and Nacho to end the season. This was a sick 15 bonus points was the sixth best bonus point total for all defenders last season. Christopher Schindler 
makes that list and uh, ended up being a really actually useful stuff. own for the season last season and then Zonka because I like him. Well, I took pride in never owning a Terrier last season. Not a single one. Didn't mm. own one ever. Um, not really planning to again this year, to be quite honest. I love that none of us are planning to own Terriers, but we've all got three different names. I'm going to give you... We're, we're going to give you nine names and tell you not to own any of them. But mine are... Aaron, just listed their whole team. <laughs> Aaron Moy. Uh, Aaron Moy. He's probably their best player at, at his position among all of their players, if that makes sense. Like, for, yes, for his position. That, that is true. And it's still only five and a half pounds that you'd be buying there. Uh, uh, Lursel, I think, is a good backup goalkeeper at four and a half pounds. And then, you know, there's always a guy that surprises you every year. Like, every year, there's always a guy you're like, oh, I had no idea this guy was going to be good. Um, I'm taking a flyer on that guy coming from Huddersfield, and I just went ahead and said, one of their new signings, Janino, at four and a half in the midfield. Maybe maybe he'll be that guy. Nothing wrong with that. I, I would love it if Ramadan Sobi figures something out and can find it in Huddersfield. That would be great. I just can't imagine owning a Huddersfield attacker. They've brought a lot of guys in. Official. Yeah. Which sometimes is a little scary because you never know if that chemistry will be there. Leicester City. Speaking of bringing guys in. Yeah, Leicester. Leicester City with a couple of interesting signings. Scott, you go first. All right, I will. I think you have to start your list with Jamie Vardy. Nine pounds. He could be a good second forward there at nine pounds, especially if, as Dave has been discussing, you're planning to spend a little extra in premium midfielders. And then uh, I think a guy who impressed a little bit during the World Cup might be someone who carries that into the start of the season, Damari Gray. Hmm. That could be a really good choice. Five and a half pounds. The only question is playing time. Uh, but if he gets I it... I did own Damari Gray last season at, some at point. one point. Yeah. And then the only reason why this guy is third, it's less about his price and more about whether or not he'll be at Leicester. And if he does end up at Leicester, where his head will be because he has been, he has been wooed by Manchester United. Oh. Uh, reportedly wants to go there. Old Big Harry. If that's the case, I, I, I worry about what happens if that doesn't go through Harry Maguire. Yeah. I like you have to like Harry Maguire. This guy is probably Who now doesn't like Harry Maguire at the peak of his career. I like his picture for the club when he's doing a pelvic thrust forward. They said, "Show me your king power," and so that's what he <laughs> thought of, and he did. Uh, I I like him a lot. I th- I owned him for a lot of last season. I think you could be you could do worse than Harry Maguire's your third choice from Leicester. All right, I will go next. Uh, I got number one. If anyone's been paying attention to anything that's going on, you will absolutely, if you can afford it and make it happen, have Ianacho, Kelechi Ianacho, a pod longtime pod favorite everyone in your loves, starting everyone lineup. Everyone loves Leicester City and everyone loves Kelechi Ianacho. It to start the season, he'll be 6.0. He has been absolutely on fire in preseason games, scoring twice in multiple preseason games. Brian I'll let you say it because you gave me the stat yesterday and I don't want to steal it. Why would Kilechi Iannaccio be a good idea to start when normally he hasn't been starting? He's been second behind Vardy and Okazaki. Why, where will Okazaki be? The Asia Cup is currently 
it would be going on. Right. So many of the players who are Asian. Uh, well, yes. Uh, that's where they're from. So right. they will be playing there. And so many of those players will not be participating in the early part of the season. Uh, giving Kelechi Inacho a chance to give it a go. Yeah. I think he is going to seize it. I think he's going to start opposite Vardy. And Kelechi Inacho at a 6.0, in my opinion, is fantastic. I'm going to drop down next to Ben Chilwell. Chilwell was an excellent play for his money last year. Uh, Lester always seems to play well at home. Um, but Chilwell at a 5.0, I think, is is a you could do worse than that. And then uh, then Vardy at, at number three. I think he is always a good play. Honestly, he could probably move up or above Chilwell as a starter. But I think uh, Vardy every year, if you doubt him, you ends up you end up kind of looking silly. He pretty much ends up in the top five or six of, of strikers every year. Brian, Brian, what you got? My three are Jamie Vardy, uh, Pereira in defense, and uh, I'm looking at James Madison in midfield. Yeah, a lot of people are high on their signings from early in the summer. You've named two of them. Yeah, early in the season though. Um, early in the season, I mean, again, I I'm looking at this as I don't. I don't think I'm owning these guys anyway. I get Jamie Vardy. Um, Premier League reminds us he was second. He was number two as a striker last season. He scored in 18 of the 37 weeks that he played. Kane scored in 19 of his 37. Salah scored in 24 of 36. Those are the only guys that did better than him. He scored five penalties. Only Luka scored more. Yeah. Luca had seven. So and and Vardy, you know, that's I feel like it's you know, it's kind of a bit cliche just to call him matchup proof. He scored against all of the top six last year. But he actually does better against the top teams. Yeah, I mean the fact that, that there were so many weeks last season where you thought like, oh, it's a great matchup for Lester and Vardy didn't do anything, and then you're like, Oh, I want to avoid this next matchup, and then he does so really, true. he does great. Yep. So you know, Vardy, exactly. I mean, for the price and what you get, uh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that can help offset some cost in the midfield, especially if you're choosing Salah in the midfield. Uh, no, Pereira we talked about, you know, as one of the new signings over the summer. I, I just like the... He is pricey. I mean, he's a five. You know, so for a brand new guy, you know, you look at Ben Chilwell, who you saw last year do it, uh, Harry Maguire at five and a half. Obviously, you know he. You ever again? Everyone loves Harry Maguire. Um, no, I just I, I like. I, you know, I want to put Ben Showall on the list too. I would love to put him there too. But I just like Pereira as the and kind of the rest of the stats. Uh, the rest of the stats on Pereira, and then no James Madison as it's you know like fourteen goals, eight assists. I know it's for championship in Norwich last season, but he led the championship in key passes. So it was 124 key passes. That's impressive. Averaged two point eight key passes a game. And he was the second most fouled player in the championship last Which season. Which means Vardy might get some more penalties. They have a void to fill. I mean you're losing uh Morris. You're, you're losing one of the you know a, a great player yeah. for them. Yeah. So you're not you know they, they need they need somebody and I know I know you're not saying necessarily it's going to be James Madison walking in at you know and, and filling that role, but Mari uh, Gray he, feels like a better player specifically for the Mari for that role. for the Mari's role for sure. And Demari Gray was he was very good uh, when he had his opportunity last season for sure. 
All right, that is the end of part one of our sea season preview pod. We, of course, did not plan when we started on making two parts, but as usual, we went a little long. Hope you enjoyed it. For the Fancy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.